and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. Well, uh, tonight you can open up to Luke 10 to start off. Uh, here's something that some people here might not know about me. Uh, when I was in college, I took some acting classes. Ooh. Yeah. And I did not go to Hollywood. And I, when I told all my friends I was moving to New York, uh, or moving to New Jersey, actually, after I graduated, uh, I was not going to be an actor. Um, but in my acting classes, we did some improv comedy. Um, and so tonight, we're going to do a little improv exercise. But don't freak out. Uh, so doing improv is fun. Basically, you start off with a prompt, you know, you kind of would open it up to the audience and be like, uh, okay, so we need an uh, location and we need a scenario. So I'm going to give you guys a location, a scenario, and you are going to, you don't have to say anything, you don't have to come up here and act, um, but I'm going to give you a scenario and, or a prompt, um, and you just kind of think, okay, if I was in that situation, how would that play out? So, imagine you're walking up, you know, the uh, location downtown Auburn. You're walking up Genesee Street, and the scenario, you see a man laying on the sidewalk. He's missing most of his clothes, and what he has left is torn up and dirty. You can tell that he has been in some kind of struggle. He's bleeding pretty bad, and seems to be in critical, critical condition. What do you do? Ooh. So then you would act out that scene, I guess. Um, and, you know, a lot of us know that record from the word. And there's a couple scenarios or uh, ways that you could act that out. You could just walk by him. You could walk across the street and see, you know, maybe you saw somebody else walk across the street and not take care of that person. And you thought, well, I mean, Maybe he's crazy. Maybe if I help him, I'll get hurt. You know, you could reason it any way. Um, or you could help the person. You could call 911. Uh, you, could, you could check to see if he has a pulse, you know. Do, do whatever you can. You could lift him up. You could drive him to the hospital, right? So we're going to look in Luke 10. We're going to read through this record. And tonight we're going to look at the title of my teaching is uh, Keys to Helping People, or Some Keys to Helping People. This isn't going to be exhaustive. You'd have to read through the whole Bible to do that. Um, but we'll just start off. We'll read through Luke 10, and we'll start in verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. 
or half alive if you're an optimist. <laughs> I, I stole that joke from somebody. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. He just, by chance, he's passing by. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. This guy's a priest. He's a man of God. You know, he's supposed to be teaching people the word. He's supposed to be responsible for, uh, for he's supposed to represent God, right? Uh, passed by him on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, same thing. When he was at the place, came by, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had what? Compassion. Compassion. Yeah. A Samaritan was somebody that uh, was from the nation or the region of Samaria. Um, and they were people that by the Judeans, by the Levites, were really looked down on. Um, they were kind of like half-breeds. They didn't really know much of the word. But this person that didn't know the word still helped this person that was hurt. So verse 34, And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he, was depart when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto, the, unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, so Jesus explaining this, which now of these three, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And this guy says, it was he that showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. And that word mercy is, is a big deal too. So we're really going to be looking at uh, compassion. We saw that in the record and we saw mercy in the record. And we're going to kind of look at the difference between those two. Um, you can go to John chapter, or 1 John chapter 4. In the world, uh, in case you haven't noticed, there's overwhelming attitudes of cynicism um, and hardness and negative negativity. Um, a lot of people in that situation or in a lot of situations, if they see a problem, they'll be like, well, how does it affect me? You know, this guy spent a lot of time and money. He, he went out on a limb to really help this guy. He didn't ask for anything in return. Um, so that kind of brings up the question, why do we want to help people, right? It kind of seems like you're going to be spending a lot of energy and probably not getting anything back, at least on the surface, that's how it looks. Um, so the first thing we must recognize, and this is the first key, is we have to recognize what God has done to help us. God is love. His nature is to help people. He's always willing and able to help us with anything, anytime. Have you ever thought about how do you know that God loves you? Like, I think a lot of us in this room, we know God loves us, but does he say, you know, every morning does, when you wake up, does he give you a kiss and say, I love you? <laughs> no. Uh, he hasn't to me. <laughs> first John 4, verse 9. Let me get in the right place first. 1 John 4, 9. This is how we know that God loves us. It says, In this, in this act, was manifested or shown the love of God toward us, 
because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And when it comes to the practical side of the word, we always have to recognize the doctrinal side, right? You can't just, if you put too much emphasis on the good works, then you get focused on the good works. You'll, you'll compare yourself to people. You'll think, well, I didn't do anything good today, so I didn't help somebody. So first, we really need to recognize, I'm really emphasizing here, that we have to remember that God moved first. And he helped us when we didn't deserve it. He didn't ask for anything in return. And there's a lot of people, you know, you can get born again and then never do anything for God. And God's okay with that. Jesus Christ is okay with that. Um, you know, it's not really what they wanted. They want love back, but they still did it for love. It wasn't, it wasn't to receive anything back. Um, verse 10, we'll keep reading. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So that's where it comes in. That's our motivation. Just be because God loved us, we can love other people. And skip down to verse 19. We love him, or the word him is in, not in some of the texts, so we can just say, we love because he first loved us. In Acts 20, you don't have to go there, but in Acts 20, 35, uh, Jesus Christ is quoting Jesus Christ. It says it's better to give than to receive. We get blessed by helping people too. It's not just, uh, you know, like I said, on the surface, it seems like you're not getting any, anything in return. Uh, there's laws that God set up. There's giving and receiving. And as you give, God blesses you back. He works stuff out for you. Um, he rewards you. We get rewarded now, and we get rewarded for eternity, too. So the fact is that it does affect you how other people are doing. If you give out, so this is something we went over when we were going through Romans recently, that if you give out evil, you're going to receive evil. If you give out good, you're going to receive good. Um, so let's go to John, 1 John chapter 3, just a page back. We're going to look at this word compassion, and we're going to go to a bunch of different records of that. Uh, and this is a great word. This is, if you have the chance, uh, if, you, if you want to do it, and if you know how, uh, to do a word study on this word compassion, and, and these other words we're going to be going over. Uh, compassion means pity. It's a recognition that someone else is hurting and needs help. You sympathize with that person. You see, you know, when you, when you get news that so-and-so got sick, how does that make you feel? That's compassion, right? When you're like, oh, no, that's... It, it's like uh, in, in Romans 12 where, again, we went over this recently, rejoicing with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. You're... you're uh, identifying with that person, right? Mm. So 1 John 3, verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And of compassion is in italics, which usually would mean that it's not in the text. Um, 
but it's properly supplied. Um, that Greek word is, is the word for compassion. Um, and again, that word compassion, it's that feeling you get when you have, you hear about a need that somebody has. Um, and God says that if you hear somebody that has a need, if you're going through your life and you, you see a need, and how, how does it say it here? You shut up your bowels of compassion, then you're not really walking with the love of God. We want to walk with the love of God, right? Yes. yes. Let's go to Exodus, Exodus chapter 2. This is the first record or the first occurrence of uh, compassion in the Bible, or at least that word. Um, Exodus chapter 2, verse 6. This is such a cool record when I, when I was looking at this. So this is talking about Moses. And there was a law, they were killing the Hebrew kids. Uh, the Hebrews were uh, slaves in Egypt. And uh, Moses' mom put him in a basket and put him down the river. Like, we've seen the movie, right? <laughs> so verse 6, uh, well, verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark... Uh, among with Moses in it, among the flags she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. She knew, I mean, it, it was Pharaoh's daughter, so her dad made this decree to kill these kids. And, you know, you can kind of picture yourself, right, where... I don't know, maybe she, she didn't know any of the Hebrews, but like uh, kind of how I see this record is um, those are those people and we're killing those people, so maybe it's not a real deal until you see that kid in front of you and you're like, oh, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Mm -hmm. And she keeps it and raises it uh, as her own. And that's cool because that opens up cool doors for Moses later on. Um, but that's compassion. You're opening up and you see that kid that's like, oh, we're supposed to kill this thing. And it's crying. Mm -hmm. That's compassion that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this thing live. So uh, let's look at Jesus Christ because there's a lot of records of that. Matthew 9. I might get through all the stuff I want to get through. You know, Jesus Christ, he was pretty busy, right? He could have said, I'm busy doing other things. How does it affect me, etc." cetera? Uh, but when he saw the needs in people's lives, he went out of his way for people. So we'll look at a few of those records. Uh, Matthew 9, 35. This is the first record of compassion in the Gospels and New Testament. So 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That would be pretty cool to see. It's available. We can heal people. 
And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And then saith unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And then in chapter 10, verse 1, he called his 12 disciples and gave them power and, and, and sent those guys out to, to heal people. Uh, but he, he saw Israel and he saw these people need help. So he had compassion on them. He, it moved him, right? And he went out to help them, or he sent his guys out to help them. Luke 7. Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. This is another great record. 7, 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us. And God has visited his people, I'll say. Uh, what was next? Yeah. Oh, another great one. Mark 1. We're just like looking at records of God, God helping people. Again, recognizing how much love God has and that we can imitate that just like Jesus Christ did. Mark chapter 1, verse 41. Uh, verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If you will, if you want to, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. You don't touch a leper or you get leprosy. <clears throat> and Jesus Christ, the word for touch, a lot of us know, is not just like, be clean. Like, you know, it's he grabbed him and he held on to him. He's like, it's my will. You're going to be clean. That's like, that gives me chills, man. Um, and he got healed. You know, if somebody, we, we know a lot about uh, diseases that you should be quarantined from, right? <laughs> we went through that recently. Uh, if somebody had COVID and God says, gives you a revelation, like go hug that person and they're going to get healed, that's available. You can do that um, if you have the revelation. So we have compassion on people. And next we have mercy on people. So mercy is the withholding of merited judgment. It's when you don't, or somebody deserves something, they deserve to be punished, but you, you withhold that punishment. 
and you help them instead. So, uh, Mark 10. Mark chapter 10. We'll look at this word, mercy. And we'll look at a couple of records just to get an idea, and then I'll give you the definition of it. So, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I keep saying this, but I think this is one of my favorite records in the Bible, is this one right here. Yeah. And they came to Jericho, and he, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And it's funny because bar means son, so he's the son of Timaeus, the son of Timaeus. Um, 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That word mercy, right? And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You can see it, right? Picture this in your mind. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou, what do you want me to do to you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, un said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. You're believing. That's what's healed you. And immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus in the way. Which is, I mean, Jesus said, Go your way. And he's like, No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. <laughs> So, I mean, that's neat. Um, but yeah, this guy, he wanted it, you know. It's a cool example. Matthew 15. Actually, sorry, we'll skip that one. We'll go to 1 Timothy. That's the record of the, uh, there was a Gentile woman who had the daughter. Um, I might be remembering this a little bit wrong, but... She had a spirit, and, and the, Jesus said, well, I'm not going to heal you. You're a Gentile. I'm sent to the, lost sheep of the house of Israel. She said, have mercy on me, you know. And even the, the dogs get the scraps off the table. And he's like, I haven't seen believing like that even in Israel. So then he healed his da her daughter. So. But again, he had mercy. 1 Timothy 1. First Timothy 1.13. This is Paul. He received mercy. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundantly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. So this word mercy, there's uh, two main words for mercy. Um, I won't give you the Greek words. You can look it up if you want. But there's one that's active and one that's passive. So there's subjective compassion, which is close to what that... Uh, um, uh, it's... Okay. There's subjective 
which is just having compassion on people, right? Or pity, as felt on witnessing misfortune or calamity, a sense of unhappiness for the ills of others, to pity as distinguished from succor. Or to, you're, you're not actively helping that person, but you see that problem and you're like, oh my gosh, that is that kind of mercy. And then there's the other kind, which is active. It's a feeling of sympathy with misery and active compassion, the desire of relieving the miserable to succor as distinguished from mere pity. So instead of just seeing the problem, you're like, I need to help them. I need to help them. And we need to develop that attitude in our lives where as we're going through our lives and we see a problem that somebody has, we have the ability to help. We know the word and we, we can actually do something to help the situation. We could change it, right? With God's help. Yes. When I was a teenager growing up, I had friends that I, I always wanted to help people. Like as long as I remember, I, I just wanted to help people's lives. Um, and so it's cool that I found the word because now I really know how to. But I had friends that I talked through some really tough things and I don't know if those people would be alive now if I hadn't helped them. And that's not even with the word. That's just encouraging that person saying, hey, it's going to get better. You know, it's going to get okay. You're my friend. I love you. Things like that. But actually giving them, giving them things like this, that's uh, awesome. Awesome. Um, Uh, we don't just feel bad for people and say, what a shame that happened to them. That doesn't help people. We must be active. We must have a desire to help people. Uh, and mercy is connected with God's grace and forgiveness. So many times when people get into the Word and they start learning the Word, they get forgiven, they see God's mercy, they see God's grace, and that just heals them of things. It's incredible. I know that that happened in my life. I know it's happened in your guys' lives. Every time that Jesus Christ ministered healing to someone, he had mercy on them. So we have that compassion, right? We have that feeling for people. We look for ways that we can help them. That's that mercy. And then we act. We do it. We carry it out, right? Acts 10. Which is funny that this is in Acts. <laughs> Acts 10, 38. How, G how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God's with you. You can heal people. You can deliver people. You can give advice to people and really help them, but ultimately the greatest deliverance comes from teaching them the word and introducing them to the God who is willing and able to deliver them. Um, another story, so this weekend, I, I drive for Uber and Lyft on the weekends, um, and there was a girl that, she was a teenager, and I was giving her a ride back home from her boyfriend's house, and she, uh, she's like, I got a question for you. I need some advice. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, cool. She says, I need help with my relationships. I'm like, okay, like, let's get into it. And she described this problem to me, and I was like, well, you know, communication is really important. You just got to share that you're feeling this way and, and see how he feels. And I didn't go into chapter and verse, um, and I know I really helped that girl. 
Um, and, and that's great. But how much more if I had been able to give her the word, you know? It was like a five minute ride. So it was like, it's hard to really, <laughs> really teach somebody the word in that situation. Um, but by the end of it, she's like, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So we go to the word, we get the, uh, the word of knowledge um, from the written word and the wisdom from this written word. So we really need to be sharp on that. And then we have the revelation manifestations, which we can all operate, which are word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits to deal with specific needs in life. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of records. We looked at one of Jesus Christ healing a uh, blind man, but there's a bunch of different records, which I was going to look at, but we'll skip it, um, where one time he spit on the ground and he rubbed dirt in the guy's eyes. The other one, he said, be clean. The other one we looked at, he said, go thy way. And the guy was healed immediately. That's that specific revelation in every single situation. You can't just guess, well, I put mud in this guy's eyes, so I'll put mud in this guy's eyes and he'll get healed. Mm -hmm. You need that specific revelation. And the goal is to build people up to get them to the point where they believe God for the deliverance. Whatever needs to be done to get them to that point. 2 Timothy 2.15. Second uh, Timothy two twenty five. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty five, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Remember Jesus Christ delivered all those that were captive by the devil, we can do that. So first we recognize how much God loves us and how much he has helped us, uh, even when we may not have deserved it. Next, we're looking, we're going through our lives, we're having that com compassion, right? We see that problem, we have that feeling, the bowels of compassion, and we think, man, how can I help that person? That's the mercy. And then we act, we follow through, so that person gets the deliverance that God has for them. So, I love you guys. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.